My name is Carter Hall, and welcome to episode, I believe, seven. Yeah, seven or eight. I can't remember. <laughs> New episode of What Really Happened. I'm Carter Hall, and with me today, I have Emery Sauter, a uh, college soccer player who's out there killing it, I believe. And Emery, thanks for coming on the show. How's it going? It's going good. Cool. So, um, can you kind of tell me a little bit about yourself and who you are, and for the people watching, kind of get to know you a little bit? Okay, so like he said, um, I'm Emory Sauter. I'm from Amarillo, Texas, and currently I play soccer at Sterling College in Kansas. Um, I've been playing soccer for like 14 years, 15 years, so I've been playing for some time. (laughs) Um, I graduated from high school last year. I went to Caprock, and so this was actually my first year in college, and I loved it. Um, That's really all there is to do it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's pretty cool so what one thing about soccer that uh, kind of pulled you in or continues to pull you in um a big thing about soccer is like not always like the most talented team wins so like knowing that there's so many outside attributes to that determine like a win and a loss it doesn't always come down to the better team which i think is what i love about soccer it's like you can be the best one or you can be the worst one but you can still find a way to win so Oh, for sure. So, what in your in your own words, what makes a, like what good attributes make a good soccer player? Do you think? Um, responsibility is a big one. Like you have to take responsibility of your mistakes. <laughs> uh, your team isn't going to trust you if you don't take responsibility of your mistakes when you make them. You have to like own up to them honestly, and then just having trust. It's a eleven man yeah. sport, so you have to have trust in every player on the field. You can't take it one on one. Oh, for sure. So you said it's a team sport. Do you think it's obviously soccer is a team sport, obviously, but do you think it's more when you're playing on the field? Do you think, OK, what do I need to do? Or do you think is, is do you see the more individual part of it or do you think it's an overall just a team sport overall? It's overall a team sport. Not a single player can mark up everybody and score. It's just impossible. Oh, for sure. So you kind of mentioned you started playing 14 years ago. Um, so can you kind of tell me like why you kind of got into soccer? Like what, I guess, what about it? I guess I can ask this. What about it do you love the most about soccer when you first got started? Um, honestly, I was just gifted. I started when I was about three years old, four years oldish, and I just went out and I was able to play. Like, so when you watch three-year-olds play soccer, they don't really know how to play they want to use their hands it yeah. just came naturally to me and so when I was I was good at soccer and so just like knowing that I was better than the rest made me keep going because I already had started higher and yeah. I've just continued to find the love for soccer sure so did you start out playing still was it a lot of club soccer growing up or how that how that get started for you so I started off um with kids inc recreational soccer and then I went to ASA which is Amarillo Soccer Association from there, I went to Drifters, switched to FC Dallas, and I truly found the love for soccer when I went to Amarillo Lightning, which now is Amarillo Rush. They're the club to go to. 
That's and then cool. I played obviously in, at Fannin Middle School and at Caprock High School, and I just loved my coaches at both schools. Cool. So, what about your coaches that you did you admire the most? So, just them taking ownership as well. So, like when it came to my first club, me and the coach did not get along at all, and mm-hmm. it took the love of soccer away from me. When I started with Amarillo Lightning, I had. Uh, Coach Logan and Coach Payton, them two truly brought the game of soccer back into me. They just made it fun. Oh, nice. So could you talk about, I guess, can you describe your experience, maybe even high school or college level? Can you kind of talk about your experience as being a student athlete and what that's been like for you? So in high school, it's so much easier being a student athlete. You have to worry about just your season and school is just easier in high school. Once you transition into college, taking 15 to 18 credits, focusing full-time on work, soccer, and school was a lot harder. Um, It's truly about balancing your schedule. So we would have soccer, we'd have weights, we'd have film, we'd have meetings, all outside of class plus work. So it was just like you had to keep up with your schedule. Okay, so how did you... For you personally, how did you find your balance? Was it did that come right off the bat, or how did that come about? So, actually, Sterling, like, they help you set up your schedule, and they make your schedule easy while you're in season as a freshman so you can get the transition, which I think truly helped. Um, they give you a planner, and they you take a class at Sterling that teaches you how to schedule your life and when to do homework and stuff like that. So taking that class truly helped. Well, that's pretty cool. So was it pretty – so that transition for you was a little easy just because that class kind of helped you a little bit? Yeah, for sure. Oh, cool. So you're still playing and still going at it. So can you kind of tell me who your inspirations were? Like was there any professional inspirations that you looked up to as far as professional soccer or inspirations in general out of, out of soccer that really like I want, I, I want to be like that person one day or this person really helped yeah. me get from point A to B whatever? So at a younger age, I always looked up to Mia Hamm. She was like, still to this day, probably one of the best female athletes in the world. But once she retired, I truly grew passion into Alex Morgan. Me and her played the same position. She was just good, and I just wanted her fundamental work. That's pretty cool. So what about, like, you said Alex Morgan is pretty one of your inspirations growing up or anything like that. So do you remember, I kind of remember this a little bit when the USA women's soccer team kind of got big a few years back and they're still killing it. So do you believe that you can potentially be at that level, you think, or is that an aspiration of yours? At one point, I felt that I could be at that level. I don't think that I had uh, taken my resources appropriately growing up so like I had a t- chance to go into the Olympic development program I did it for a wow. year but it was just too much money and too much time mm-hmm. so I ended up like backing away from that and I was like I'll just focus on more of like school and so if the opportunity comes obviously I'm going to run with it but at this point I think it's a little late to try to get at that level yeah for sure so do there how can I ask this um 
you said you got a chance to go potentially go to the Olymp- like you said Olympics and all that. So not Olympics, it, but like it's a Olympic development program. It's ODP. It's like you play for your state. And so oh, really? personally, I went. I would travel to Dallas every weekend and practice mm-hmm. with the team. And it was like our team was North Texas, and then there was South Texas. Majority of teams just obviously have one state, but Texas being so big, I actually made the North Texas team. Oh, wow. It was like you'd have to go to a camp in Montana for three weeks, and it cost $8,000. And just financially, I wasn't available to do all that. <laughs> for sure. So um, was there, other than just financial stuff, was there any, like, things that you probably developed there that helped you with your game at all? Yeah. When I went to Dallas, you got way better coaches, the ones that, like, know the game. We trained with, like, actual semi-professional athletes. We oh. had – got to go to games fc dallas men's games for free like it was a lot of hands-on experience like opened up the game (laughs) that's pretty cool so um what position do you play in soccer so i was primarily a forward and Mm -hmm. i just stayed up top now my college and end of high school career has been focused on as a center mid which is a lot more fitness but that's where i'm playing now so for the people who kind of are listening who may not understand a whole lot of soccer, can you kind of talk about, like, what those positions do and okay. what you like about them? So as a goalie, personally, like, I had a few years of experience as a goalie. You're the only one on the field that gets to use your hands. You don't want anybody to score on you. And then the, right in front of the goalie, you have the defensive line, and their main goal is to not let the goal or the ball pass you to the goalie. Practically blocking shots, not letting the other team through. As a center mid, you have to do defense and offense. So once you win the ball, you have to be soccer soccer smart, what we call it, enough <laughs> to find where the ball should be. And then forwards, main focus is scoring. So it's kind of like all one big unit. That's pretty cool. Like, growing up for me, I played soccer for a couple of years with Kids Inc., but I eventually got, like, I, I was always a goalie. I couldn't run to save my life. <laughs> but um, I eventually got into football and amateur wrestling, so I never played soccer. But I loved watching it, but um, I just never could run. So <laughs> they were like, okay, we'll just put you at goalie because we don't know what else to do with you. But um, so can you kind of tell me, like, I know you said you talked about Sterling College for a little bit and but can you kind of go into that and why has Sterling College been a good fit for you overall? Okay, so coming in, um, I was supposed I was looking into several schools. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I was looking into a school, but their uh, coach was retiring after one year, so I didn't want to go and have to go with the whole new coach. Another school, it was just like a last minute with COVID, I wasn't able to get there, and mm-hmm. then. There was another school in Kansas that was a JUCO, and I just didn't want to start off as a JUCO. So, like, last minute, it was, like, three days before you're supposed to be on campus, I committed to Sterling. So, it was really last minute. But once I got to Sterling, I think I've never played for a female coach. Um, So, I was nervous. I want, like, I've always played for male coaches. I've always liked the competitive aspect and the male coaches that push. But once I got to Sterling, I truly found why I have a female coach. She's like a male when it comes to coaching, and she pushes you. But she also has the per- like the personal family sentimental side. So playing for a female coach 
has really changed it. Mm. Um, looking into Sterling, they weren't a successful school at all. And I didn't want to go to a school that was unsuccessful, and they were having a really bad season. But the coach talked me into coming. She was like, you could be the change of the program. You show up, we get other strong players, and we can change the program. So knowing that I could be the change of the school, like, they've never had a good soccer program. So knowing that like the more and more we improve, so this year, we actually improved a lot from last year. And this upcoming year, we've recruited several girls, and I can't wait to see how my second year is going to go. It's only going to be better. Yeah, for sure. I can't can't wait to keep up with that and see how your new season goes. So, um, so kind of for people out there who may not necessarily know the process, you know, of being in high school and maybe getting looked at for colleges to play sports. So can you kind of talk us through maybe your experience and what that was like for you a little bit more? Yeah, so so really high school sports, don't, when it comes to soccer, doesn't get your name out there. You almost have to do club. Um, personally, several clubs just do tournaments, which obviously help you, but our club specifically did showcases. So our team manager, who was amazing, she got us to showcases in Dallas, Oklahoma, like New Mexico, just everywhere. And so we were traveling several weekends at a time, going to showcases. So at a showcase, you just play soccer. It's like a tournament. Besides, you know that every person on the corner of the field is a college scout. So prior to every tournament, they have a list of every coach who's going to be there. And it's like, if you want to be looked at, you have to play your butt off. So at those showcases, coaches approach you, give you brochures, give you their phone numbers, and are like, tell you to reach out, which is really helpful. But for me, um, our team manager really got our team out there and put our name out there. And we just got looked at at showcases. So that's pretty cool. So but obviously you're playing at the college level now. But at the time, were you ever, like, nervous to play, like, in front of people like that at that level? Or did that even drive you even more so to play better on the field? Um, for me, I guess I was a guest player. So when I was, like, 13, 14, 15, I was playing up with the college girls to mm -hmm. get the look. And so I played on men's club teams. I played with um, older girls just so I was at a higher level. Once there was an age group for me, I played with them, which was like on my level. And I think our whole team was really um, competitive. Yeah. So we had our super competitive team. So our team got looked at quite a bit because we were in the championships every single tournament we went to. That's pretty cool. So you're out there playing for championships or anything. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So um, do you think now that you're at the college level and anything like that, and now well, you're, you're about to go into your second year, like you said, um, you're playing, but um, I kind of talk about the more education part of side of things if you want to. Um, can you talk about maybe what do you hope to get out of your um, experience at Sterling, like education-wise? So – um, I decided that I was going to master in, I mean, major in um, math and education because I wanted to be a math teacher. And after talking to my coach, and I wanted to coach high school. So I was planning to go back to Amarillo, coach high school, and teach math. And after talking to my college coach, she told me that going into co uh, coaching collegiate level mm -hmm. was actually really easy. Oh, and yeah. you got paid better than coaching high school. So now... I went ahead and picked up another major of sports management and to see if I could go into collegiate soccer. So I'm mm -hmm. still doing math and education, but it's like on top of 
sports management, and then I'm minoring in health and fitness. So oh. I have a full schedule. <laughs> yeah, it sounds and, like it. Yeah, and because we get a free fifth year, I'm starting my master's program in Sterling. So. Oh wow! Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. So, um, can you kind of take me, um, kind of like talk about how you describe your first year and kind of take me through that a little bit? So, my first year, obviously, the first few weeks was stressful. Um, homework and essays are a lot harder <laughs> in college. I didn't realize how many essays there were going to be. Yeah. They don't exaggerate when they say there's a lot of essays. No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> so then from there... There was a lot of, like, hangouts, like, outside of Sterling and stuff that truly, like, bring the community together. And I go to a really small school, so everybody there is, like, knows everybody. There's less people in my college than there are, like, in my whole graduating class. So it's like, you know everybody on campus, which I think truly helped because you just form relationships everywhere. Our class sizes are no bigger than, like, 18 to 20 people. Like, it's amazing. I love the small school feeling. Even the community. Like, you can go to Dollar General and the lady's passing out free food because she wants to help college students. So That's pretty cool. So, yeah, whenever, for me, personally, I went different route. I went through Emerald College first and went to WT. But I can kind of talk to you about – I can, I guess, relate to you a little bit. Like you said, that first going from high school to a, even community college level was really – like, they, it felt like – Oh my god, it is stressful. There's essays nonstop. And I was a general studies major at AC, so when I graduated and went to WT, that was I really, I guess, focused in on more of my degree within digital communication and media. So within being in the world of communications, like essays almost every week, you almost you're writing something. So essays nonstop. So it's kind of crazy. I can't fathom being an athlete on top of that too. Yeah. So so I gave you a lot of credit and kudos for that. So. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, what do you see yourself after college? Like, you kind of talked about you want to be a coach or anything like that, but is that you said are you just more want to be more go towards college and stuff like that, or what's your plan? Yeah. I guess you more. So, yeah. Now I'm planning on staying a fifth year in Sterling and playing soccer for five years instead of four years while getting my master's program, and then my sixth year I'm going to stay in Sterling and be a grad assistant under my head coach. Mm-hmm. Um, from there. I'm going to try to get on with her to be like a JV coach in Sterling until I can get a collegiate level uh, coaching experience. But I'm still going ahead and doing math and education. So if I decide that I want to come back to Amarillo, I can still find myself teaching and coaching here in Amarillo. But for now, my plan is to stay in Sterling, coach or play for five years, coach my sixth year and hopefully stay there and coach until I get my own head coach job somewhere else. Awesome. So has you said you want to be a math teacher. So has math always been your thing? Is that something that you've always taken to pretty easily? Math has always been my best subject. I've always been good in school, but math just comes naturally to me. Oh, really? What about math do you like the most or maybe other than other subjects? Why do you like it so much? Um, originally, I liked math the most because there's only one answer. It's not like English where it's like, oh, you can prove yourself right, then you're right. Like, I like there being one answer and only one answer. Mm-hmm. Now that I'm in, like, calculus and calculus 2, calculus 3, all that, you find out that, like, there's not only one answer to questions. So it kind of takes out the point of my reasoning of there's one answer. Because <laughs> yeah. now it's like, oh, it can be this or this. So 
Yeah. But no, knowing that you don't have to prove yourself. Like, if you get the answer, you get the answer. You don't have to write words on why you got that answer. For sure. Um, like, I am I, – that's pretty cool that you can do it. Yeah. Like, you I, – I, let me tell you, I don't have the mind for math at all. Like, I barely passed college algebra, and that's the only math class I needed. So when I was done, I was like, thank goodness, because I can't do math to save my life. But I'm much more, I guess, English-minded and history-minded, so I can't – do math to save my life at all <laughs> like but so kinda i can barely cool. put words together in an essay so <laughs> yeah so i remember you know, quick little story quick like we can get back on track so um if you got any stories too you can more than likely you can more than freely tell them but um i'm gonna tell you one one quick uh so when i was taking college algebra at Emerald college um they had a math tutoring center out there so i'd go to that i pretty much knew all the tutors there because I, that's where I lived that math. Like I said, is not my subject. So I pretty much knew all the tutors. They walked me through everything. So um, there's one particular tutor who was like, I forgot what we're learning. I forgot what part of the like curriculum we were learning. But um, I was trying to go through it. And I asked this tutor, I was like, hey, can you help me with this? They're like, yeah. And I tried to walk, like, showing them the formulas and all that. It's like, that doesn't make any sense. So he tried using, I think, physics or something like that or some science scientific math way of doing it he goes yeah here's your answer and he solved it that way i'm like see you're blowing my mind i can't you're bringing a whole other subject into this i can't do i i can't do this i can't my, i can't wrap my mind around this so it's crazy how it tells you my kind of my mind is around math so <laughs> right. so uh kind of talking about i guess school still um when did you realize you said you you, you accepted going to sterling like only like a couple of days out right Yes. So when did you realize that that was uh, the best fit for you overall, I guess, both soccer and education-wise? So it was kind of like a last-minute thing, obviously, because with COVID, it was hard to, like, reach out to schools and stuff. But one of my uh, teammates at the time had told me that she committed. And I was actually at her uh, signing party, like, Mm -hmm. when she told me, like, hey, my coach is still looking. So I went into my emails and typed in her, her coach's email. And comes to find out, uh, Coach Morgan had already reached out to me. And I was like, oh, I don't have to reach yeah. out to her. So I don't <laughs> check my emails, obviously. And so it was like, oh. So I like it was like three months late. And I was like, hey, I just realized like you emailed me. Were you still interested? And she was like, definitely. We can set up a phone call. So that yeah. night, I talked on the phone with her. And then I got a visit planned. Went up there one day, toured the school, came back. And then like a few days later, signed and ended up moving up there like about three days after i signed so oh that's pretty awesome that's a pretty cool story <laughs> so um who do you think has helped you i guess along the way through your educational growth maybe through high school and college who can who is there anybody who you think who's helped you um honestly i've had a great like okay so obviously my soccer team has always like pushed me to be better and mm-hmm. strive for the best coaches wise player wise um, even like our team manager, she was always big on like, let's get to practice, make sure you're there. And so when it comes to soccer, I've had several people pushing me. When it came to my education side, I've always been one to push myself. Like I never let me, my grades get below 95. I always wanted to be the top 10 in my class. Like from early on when I was in like third grade, I told myself that I was going to graduate the top of my class. And so like I've always been super hard on myself. And so actually... I graduated top of my class at Caprock, and I'm the same way now that I'm in college. It's like, everybody's like, C's get degrees. And I'm like, no, I want an A. Yeah. So I've always just 
self-push myself. But obviously, like, my family has been a really big support system. And my best friend and her mom have been a huge impact on everything. That's pretty awesome. That's pretty cool that you actually graduated. I didn't know you graduated top 10% of your class. Yeah, I was actually top 2%, so. Oh, wow, really? That's pretty awesome. So, um... So as I kind of want to talk about this a little bit more about, I guess, professional soccer, if that's cool with you a little bit. So when you watch professional soccer, like all these different teams and stuff like that, did you did you kind of hear about what happened with the, I guess, the super, is it super, uh, those, those big organizations that came together to form that super team, I guess, that super team. Do you know what I'm talking about? I don't. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm kind of prefaced this real quick. It just came to mind, so I thought I would I'd maybe get your thought on it. I think there's like these European nations that kind of came together who weren't really just getting. I think I don't know the whole story, so I'm kind of like remembering how I kind of skimmed it the other day. But there's these stories that are going on that like um, these couple of organizations in Europe that like I guess weren't I think getting funded the right way. So they created like these super team, like super not team, but organization. And then like within a couple of days, they decided to like just bail out. Like they couldn't, like, I guess they didn't want to, I guess people were like, that's not fair. You can't just do that. So they started bailing out. So I don't know if you had heard anything about that before. I was like, yeah, when it comes to professionals, I really don't watch soccer. I watch like highlight clips oh, yeah. and I watch like women's semi or women, like the USA women's team, but I don't actually watch Barcelona and all that. Oh, yeah. An hour and a half of soccer can be boring. I only like watching the scores and stuff like that. Oh, for sure. So, um, do you have like when you do watch clips or whatever, whatever it is you be wa- you're watching? Um, do you have a preference? Do you watch to like? Do you like to watch maybe the women's team more than the men, or the men more than women, or anything like that? Is there any preference uh, you like, or just I'm watching like highlight videos? I mm-hmm. like watching men because there's obviously like typically more goals. They're, like, better shots. It's just, like, a faster-paced game. Women's mm-hmm. games can be kind of drowsy and boring because, like, they're more of, like, a possessive take-your-time while men are, like, let's score, let's score, let's score. So it's, like, you watch, like, 50 goals versus, like, two goals. And so. Oh, yeah. Now, when it comes to watching, like, a full game, I can watch the USA women just because I know the women. Like, I've watched them, and I've watched <laughs> their team grow, like, well, I've always watched them. I've gone like person and watched them. So like knowing the players make, oh look, there's Alex Morgan. Oh, Carly Lloyd. Like knowing yeah. the people make it enjoyable to watch. Like I can't just watch a men's team where I don't know anybody. Yeah, I remember like I said I was mentioning earlier. There's like the uh, I kind of like watching. Like I said, I I don't watch full games, but when like I said I, I watch Sports Center and it's on whatever. I watch like they sell highlights. That's where I kind of get some of my soccer from. So I always liked watching the highlights from women's teams because it feels like. You, I don't know if you, I don't know. I kind of pointed out to me like one day someone pointed out to me. I was like, it seems like the men tend to flop more, and so the men in soccer. Yeah. So do you think that's? Do you agree with that? Too? Do you think there's a lot more flopping in men's than women? Men's soccer, women will play games with broken noses and yeah. they'll be bleeding, and they're still out there running. Men, they get touched and they're rolling on the floor. So yeah. Like, yeah. it's just it's not a, like people say it's stereotypical. It's true. You can see in every game, collegiate <laughs> level, high school level professional level oh so it happens everywhere yeah have you ever seen it in person before like oh, yeah. even in a our, game or my college like is big on it you'll see the guys rolling oh really yeah our whole <laughs> conference like we went and watched the championship game between uh mcpherson college and oklahoma wesleyan and yeah. they were flopping everywhere and it's just like <laughs> and then you watch girls and they're like headbutting each other and they both get yeah. up and keep running so 
That's crazy. Yeah, uh, some like, like there's been first thing I've seen clips before the men's like soccer team. There's not a dig. Uh, there's not a shot at the men's team at all. I know they work hard. I imagine, but um, I've seen people out there like men get like carted off, and then like five minutes later they're running back on the field yep. like nothing happened. It's kind of funny. So I didn't know what happened everywhere like high school and oh, college yeah. and stuff like that. Every level it's men's soccer. Yeah, I've even heard stories about like when people like flop whatever they're like just laying there and they come up with that spray and spraying them down or whatever it's kind of funny yeah there was even a women's team that did it a few years ago in the championship i want to say it was brazil or sweden they were playing usa and usa was down and to waste time they like had to get carted off and going into the tunnel (laughs) she unbuckled herself and walked back on the field and they ended up ejecting her out of the game for wasting time Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. And Dang. USA went into overtime and ended up winning that game. So it was a big deal. Oh, really? That's yeah. crazy, man. I never heard about that story. I just always seen, like, the funny, like, clips of people being carted off and stuff like that. I always kind of find it kind of funny a little bit. But I've always seen it more in men's and women's, but I really guess I never really paid attention to the women doing it, per se, you know? Yeah. I Like, it doesn't really happen in women, but I do remember that one vaguely because I was watching that game, and I was like, she just got off the cart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they immediately – it was immediate ejection right after that. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So, um. I guess we're going to, before we kind of wrap up and I guess end it here, uh, do you, I always ask this question for everybody I asked towards the end. Do you have anything you also like to add or say or a special shout out to someone or people you like to maybe mention? So my big thing is I wasn't going to play collegiate soccer. I wasn't going to give up on the sport. Um, oh, really? So anybody that's interested in going to play at the college level, go and play it. You might not want to be an athlete anymore. Your body might not be up for it. But truthfully, it's the best experience there is. I thought that I would be, I was like, I'll just settle. I've played for 14 years. I don't need to play anymore. My body's dead. Go play. It's honestly the best experience you have. You come so much closer with everybody. Oh, yeah. That's pretty cool. So thanks for sharing that. So how is, I guess one last question before we kind of wrap up. How is that, like, how do you find that motivation to keep on going at the college level? Again, it was my teammates. Like, yeah. um, her name's Shaylee Gibbs. Like, we, me and her end up are still playing at Sterling together now. Oh, but cool. she was one that was like, "Don't just quit." Like, even playing, she actually came into club. I like brought her in. Like, she obviously came and tried out, but I was the one that was like, "You need to stay and play." So when it came to going <laughs> to the collegiate level, she was like, "No, you need to stay and play." So it was like a reverse uh, situation and. I ended up going with her because I was like, I don't want to play. And then she's the one that talked me into playing. I figured I'd go stay with her. And here we both are loving Sterling. So that's pretty cool. That's where he's cool having that camaraderie with someone there to always help push you some way or another. But um, so thank you, Emery, for coming on. And thank you for everybody who's listening. So I hope everybody has a great weekend and have some fun. So thank you, Emery, again for coming on. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye.